Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Detox Diaries podcast. Today, I wanted to do a deep dive into sleep because this is something that I've definitely mentioned a lot on various other episodes. I talk about on all of my other channels. I talk to clients about constantly because it is so, so important. Many health professionals actually say that it is the most important determinant of overall health. But unfortunately, lately, it seems as though There is a bit of a shift in the paradigm, I would say, in the last few years, but in general, our society kind of undervalues sleep. It's kind of associated with being lazy or something that doesn't need to be prioritized. It can be put off. You know, we live in this fast-paced environment where we really value being busy and getting things done and being on the go, and sleep and rest are kind of viewed as being less valuable and not productive and lazy. And the other thing that, you know, we're not going to get into so much today is the idea that I think for a lot of us, we just figure that, well, we rest when we're sleeping (laughs) and that counts, but we need rest and sleep. And a lot of us confuse rest with pretty much any time that we're not doing things that are like quote unquote productive. So whether that is actually working or cleaning or doing things like that, and that rest is kind of like going out and hanging out with our friends and stuff like that. But those activities, while fun, are not rest in the sense of how our body needs things that are restorative for us so that we can actually take a breather, take it down a notch. A lot of us really are just go, go, go all the time and not really putting in adequate time for rest and for sleep as well. And oftentimes what happens too is that we confuse needing rest or sleep with needing fuel. So lots of times, you know, when we're feeling like we're kind of dragging through our day and stuff like that, rather I think most of us, instead of thinking like, oh, I should probably be getting a couple more hours of sleep every night, we instead are kind of like, well, let me just grab another cup of coffee or have some dose of high glycemic food, like something with sugar in it that's going to give me that quick jolt of energy. But again, all of these stimulants and you know sugary foods and stuff like that just get us on this roller coaster where we're just kind of in this up and down and in a constant need of the next hit of energy to get through our day. So when we are over consuming those things throughout the day, so Lots of us are over-consuming stimulants, over-consuming food in general, sometimes specifically foods that are high glycemic index, so that will be like your simple carbs, things that are sugary, stuff like that, junk foods that are easy to grab when we're rushing around. We also over-consume other things, so like artificial light. You know, we are constantly surrounded by, obviously, just lights being on our homes, also screens with blue lights on our phones, on our computers that we're looking to well into the night, pretty much 
looking at them till the second we close our eyes and hope to fall asleep. And it could even be overstimulation, overconsumption of things like information. That all of these things really combined together can put us in this hyper aroused state, which is why a lot of us have a really hard time falling asleep. Not to mention the fact that a lot of us are kind of living in this chronic stress response where we're in that fight or flight mode. And our body is, again, like hyper aroused on high alert, and it doesn't feel safe to sleep when we're in that state. So as I'm kind of talking through this, I'm sure that a lot of times, if you're someone who has trouble sleeping and you hear about the importance of sleep, you're like, well, that's great. I would love to sleep more. It's not really a choice that I'm making. It's, you know, I intentionally get in bed and try and fall asleep, and I just can't do it. And then there's also the other side of us, which is those of us who feel as though we don't have time, feel as though we need to be, you know, burning the night oil until late into the night and then still waking up at the crack of dawn to get everything done that we need to get done. So everybody's probably got a different reason why sleep is challenging for them. So this episode is to really go into why it's important for us to make time to get sleep, the importance of getting that quality sleep, the downside when we're not getting it, And in general, you know, chronic short sleeping is considered sleeping less than six hours a night, which I think unfortunately is pretty much the norm for a lot of us. I know for me it was for a long time. And to also understand what are the things that we can do to help to get better sleep. So whether that is, you know, things that help your body to be able to fall asleep or obviously us just talking about the mindset of why it is important for us to get sleep should also help some of us to start to make our priorities shift a little bit. So the importance of getting quality sleep. So basically there are a lot of critical activities that happen when we're in a sleep state. So it's the point where our internal organs are resting and recovering. So we're repairing tissues, tissues, we're growing muscle, proteins are being synthesized. All of these things are happening when we're sleeping. Also, our hormones are being regenerated. So those things are all impacted by the way that we sleep. So that affects literally everything, our hormones from appetite control to stress, metabolism, and all other different bodily functions. Also, memory consolidation occurs. So when we sleep and when we dream, that allows for the formation and the storage of new memories that we have made throughout the day. So this is really important when it comes to learning new information. And I think this is really interesting too, because I feel like for a lot of us, we are neglecting sleep because we think we have more work to do. So whether it is work, work, or it's studying, maybe if you're, you know, getting a degree in something, you're in school, whatever that may be, trying to intake new information. But the less sleep that you get, the harder it is to retain that information that you were trying to remember. So I think it's really important the whole time that we're talking through this is lots of times it's kind of like an oxymoron that we think that giving up sleep to prioritize different things in our lives because we want to get ahead in our career or we want to be a better parent or we want to do whatever it may be. But when we have this lack of sleep, we're like shooting ourselves in the foot of the process of being the best that we can be in all these areas because it's getting adequate sleep that's going to allow us to do the best that we can really in every possible way. Because the direction, the direct connection between sleep and health just improves the quality of our lives in general, basically by everything that I just said. But obviously when we get more sleep, we have increased energy and we have better just 
focus and ability to make decisions. So, you know, between the combination of having energy and having the ability to make better decisions, that really just makes everything better in our lives, whether it be in a work situation or taking care of ourselves or taking care of a family. In addition to that, we know that it strengthens our immune system, which we all understand the importance of that in terms of our current health, our longevity in the future. In general, it improves our mood. I think we all know how we feel when we haven't had a good night's sleep. And especially then when you start to sleep better, you can really notice a big difference in your mood when it comes to just in general, your, you know, whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood, meaning if you're like irritable or anxious or just mentally exhausted. I mean, I think we all know that feeling and sleep is really the like linchpin that improves this entire thing. And then obviously, like the other side of the coin is how sleep deprivation affects us. So this is pretty much the opposite of everything that we talked about and then some. And, you know, these, it is sometimes hard to prove a correlation between the positives, like the relationships between positive parts of our health and when we get adequate sleep. But there is tons of information out there that's very well documented about how sleep deprivation, which again, is really just less than six hours of sleep a night can have negative impacts on our health. So the first of these is weight gain. And when we don't get adequate sleep, we're likely to gain weight over time. So this is in part caused by the fact that when we're not getting good sleep, it messes with our hormones. So basically it stimulates our appetite by suppressing leptin, which is our satiety hormone, the one that makes us feel full. That one is suppressed during the day And then at night, our ghrelin is kicked into high gear, which is our hunger hormone. So this makes us pretty much hungry all day. It makes us not satisfied all day, super hungry at night, which pretty much just means to overeating all day long, especially at night, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But the more that we eat at night, especially when it's later at night and our body's in the process of digestion, that can really end up messing with our ability to fall asleep. So then we kind of end up in this cycle where we keep not getting a good night's sleep, it keeps messing with our hormones, and then we just keep repeating that same thing day after day unless we make a really conscious effort to nip it in the bud wherever in the process we feel more capable of making the adjustment. Also, lack of sleep, you know, obviously we feel exhausted and our body's natural craving when we feel that way is for fuel. So that will be high calorie, high um, sugary, simple carbohydrates that give us this surge of energy But then obviously we also end up experiencing that downside of that again, where we are on that blood sugar roller coaster and we just end up needing another sugary snack or a high calorie snack within the next couple of hours. On top of this, it leads to increased risk of chronic disease. So basically when we're not getting enough sleep, our body is more susceptible to stress because our immune system is not functioning optimally. So this really can be linked to all kinds of chronic diseases everything from hypertension, obesity, diabetes, mood disorders, cardiovascular disease, and that's just to name a few. But really, our sleep, again, is like the linchpin to so many other things that are happening in our bodies. So if you're not getting good sleep, it could very well be directly linked to any other symptoms that you could be experiencing and maybe not even experiencing yet, but could be down the line. Because again, it's just this chronic night after night when your body and your organs need that chance to replenish and rest, and they're not getting that opportunity. 
another thing that can happen is just increased risk of accidents and injuries. So obviously we know that when we're exhausted, we're not mentally all there and physically either. Our body's really just not you know, as coordinated as we would be other times. So this means that we can more easily hurt ourselves, you know, get in different kinds of accidents, just do things that we wouldn't be doing if we were all there. And these can end up leading to major issues physically, you know, whether it is falling or, you know, like stubbing our toes, like we all know those dumb things that we do. And those are all so much more likely to happen when we are not getting enough sleep which really goes hand in hand with our cognitive function. So again, it's it's not just that our bodies are not all there, our minds definitely aren't. And there are measurable changes in our brain activity that occur after a period of sleep deprivation. So when you're not getting enough sleep, your mental performance obviously suffers. And like we talked about before, it also impairs your ability to actually process new information and assimilate it. And I mean, I think we all know that when we are trying to do something really challenging that requires a lot of brain power and we're exhausted, it's really, really tough. And we do such a better job when we get a good night's sleep. And it affects other parts of our cognitive functioning, of course, like we mentioned before, like our mood, of course, focus, and just in general, being able to be the best version of ourselves, sleeping is just so important to that. And The other thing that falls into this is just in general, our decision-making capabilities. So obviously we already know that if we aren't getting adequate sleep, our hormones are all out of whack. They're telling us that we want these sugary things, that we're hungrier than we should be. And our brains are also not in the best place to be like, okay, the, you know, the decision that I should make right now that would help me to kind of rebalance this blood sugar thing that's going on in my body is to eat a healthy meal that's really balanced and not including simple carbohydrates in that. But when we're exhausted and likely running around and having a hard time making decisions, it's it's very hard to make that healthy decision. And that's why we end up in this loop over and over again. And then of course, I think we probably all have experienced that we can have increased anxiety when we're not getting good sleep. Because without good sleep and without good rest, it's really hard for our emotions to be in check. We're kind of just feeling scattered and and irritable and anxious and angry and all of those things. I think, I mean, we all know what it's like when we haven't gotten enough sleep and we just kind of want to (laughs) snap at anyone who remotely crosses us. And these may be things that you're experiencing and you actually haven't really associated it with a lack of sleep. But when you begin to actually prioritize your sleep, you will notice such a difference in the days where you're getting the good sleep and the days that you aren't. Because again, overall, when our organs on our whole body, everything, including our brain, doesn't have adequate time to rest and recover, it just impacts our ability to function optimally in every possible way. So now I hope I've convinced you (laughs) that sleep is important and, you know, you can be in all different kinds of camps as to maybe why sleep is challenging for you, whether it is time commitment or you get in bed and you can't fall asleep, you're waking up in the middle of the night, all different kinds of things. But everybody's body is different, so I'm going to provide a bunch of different tips for you, but I would recommend to look for patterns for yourself. So it's always helpful to keep some kind of journal of how you're feeling throughout the day, the things that you're doing throughout the day, whether that be the things that you're eating, what you're consuming in general. So whether that is, you know, different 
foods, obviously, if you're drinking alcohol, caffeine, the activity level that you're doing, the stress that you're experiencing, even things like, you know, the kinds of conversations you're having, the kinds of things you're watching on TV, like especially focusing on the things after 6 p.m. because those are the most likely to be impacting the way that you're sleeping. But just in general, even jotting down what's happening throughout the day because something like caffeine, you know, for some of us as early as we may drink it, it could still impact us throughout the night. And then taking note of how your sleep is that night. So you can really start to notice patterns and it'll also help you notice not only the type of day that's creating a not good night's sleep or a good night's sleep, but then how that's creating your next day. So you can really get a sense of the patterns of what works for you and what doesn't. So some of the tips that I like to share with my clients are reducing blue light. So blue light is what comes from, it's that spectrum of light that is in basically all of the artificial light that we're surrounded by all the time. Most notably for sure are electronics. So when we're looking at these screens with these blue lights, it's disrupting our sleep by turning off the melatonin in our body. So basically blue light is also what we get from sunlight. It, it makes us feel like, okay, it's daytime, it's time for me to be awake. The problem is that we're staring at this artificial light well into the night, again, sometimes until we close our eyes and are ready to go to bed, and it's preventing melatonin in our body from being released. And melatonin is the hormone that tells us that it is time to go to bed. So there are ways that you can get around this other than just staying away from screens before the end of the day. You can download a program called Flux on your computer, which helps to put it in like night mode so that it's got more of like an orangey red light instead of such a bright blue light. You can also do night mode on your phone. That can help with that as well. And they also sell blue light blocking glasses. So that could be something to try as well. And I know that this has had a major impact for a lot of my clients, so definitely something to consider. And I also recommend, if you can, to try stop looking at screens for at least 30 minutes before bed if you are someone that's having a hard time sleeping. Again, I'm someone who I blue light doesn't seem to affect me a ton, which I'm very fortunate in that. I've always been someone who just kind of like conks out <laughs> when I hit the bed. But this could very well be something that is causing issues for you. This one is a big problem for me that I always have to pay attention to is to not eat too late. And I think this is pretty universal in the fact that we want to try to stop eating any major meals two to three hours before bed. Small snacks are fine, but this is, you know, large meals that really take time for our body to digest them because that process of digestion will keep us awake. So basically either that will happen where the process of digestion keeps us awake, we can't fall asleep, or we fall asleep and then it disrupts our digestion and then we're dealing with bloating and discomfort and all of that when we wake up the next day. So in general, just being aware to not eat too late will have a major impact. Another one is cutting caffeine. So caffeine for most people, generally, as long as you stop drinking at six hours before bed, you should be okay. But caffeine is so individual and it's very different for everybody and it shifts based on your patterns and what's happening in your life. So some people, maybe it's best to just stay away from caffeine completely. Some people just should be stopping at their morning coffee. This is all something for you to just experiment with and see what works for you. But just understanding that things like caffeine, 
any stimulants really, alcohol, sleep aids, different prescription medications, all of these things can really mess with our REM sleep, which is our rapid eye movement sleep, which is our deepest, most restorative sleep. So just understanding that maybe you might be able to sleep in general when you're on these things, you know, whether that be caffeine, alcohol, all of that stuff, but you might not be getting the deepest REM restorative sleep that we really need to be at our best. And that brings me to the next one, which is also alcohol. It can impact the quality of our sleep because it can cause us to wake up through the night. So basically, we think of alcohol typically as helping us to fall asleep, which it may do that for you, but it can disrupt you and end up having you wake up in the middle of the night based on the way that it impacts your body. So in general, it takes about an hour to metabolize one serving of alcohol. So it may be best to just make sure that if you're going to decide to have a drink to allow that amount of time to pass before you want to be falling asleep and getting your good night's sleep. Then creating a bedtime ritual. So it's so funny because some things that we learn when we learn about taking care of ourselves is that it's really similar to taking care of a child. You know, when you we want them to get used to the fact that it's ready to go to bed, time to go to bed so they can fall asleep, we create kind of like a bedtime routine so that they their body starts adjusting to it, their mind does as well, and then they're ready to fall asleep when we want them to. And it's really the same for us. So whenever we can create any kind of ritual or routine around something, that will help. So it really helps to you know, let our brain and our body know that it's time for us to go to bed and settle into that more easily. So that for you could look like, you know, it's your nighttime skincare routine. Maybe you listen to a bedtime meditation or you, you know, read a book with just a little light instead of having all the lights on. So you're kind of not dealing with all of that blue light before bed, like whatever works for you, you know, taking a bath, taking a warm shower. So Things like that can really be helpful to just help your body to relax and be ready for the night. And then another thing is to hydrate earlier in the day. So obviously I talk a ton about the importance of drinking enough water, but if we end up drinking too much of that towards the end of the day, it could make us continue to wake up throughout the night to go to the bathroom. So especially if you are somebody who has a hard time falling back to sleep, then definitely I would recommend having as much water as you can earlier in the day and kind of trying to cut down your liquids as significantly as you can towards the end so you can try and get a full night's sleep. And I think for a lot of people too, another element of this is feeling like you can't turn off your brain. Like your body may be exhausted, your eyes may be tired, you're laying there, but it's just like things in your brain are swirling and you just cannot seem to get in a restful enough state where you can fall asleep. So something that could work here is journaling before you go to bed, because in general, especially if you are someone who isn't having a ton of human interaction every day, I know a lot of us are working from home right now, depending on if you live alone or what your relationship is with the people in your home. Sometimes it's like you still have just so much stuff (laughs) you have not said out loud. Just writing in a journal, getting it all out, that can be really helpful. And even if it's not something that, you know, all of this stuff is not all or nothing, just like everything that we talk about, maybe a lot of nights you fall asleep, no problem. And sometimes you just don't know what the issue is. You know, maybe it would be a good idea to give it a shot to just sit up, write down some things that are squirreling through your mind and see if that process helps you. There's also a ton 
of sleep meditations on Insight Timer, which is a free meditation app. Literally, there's so many of these. They have super long ones, so if it takes you a while to fall asleep and you don't want something to be like ending and then you have to look at your phone again to change it, like there's plenty of long ones there. So that could be a really great option as well. And something that people often overlook too is being physically tired enough. Like we do lead kind of sedentary lives at this point. And sometimes our body is just not really all that tired after the day. So the more physical movement that we get throughout the day, the more beneficial that it will be in terms of having us getting a good night's sleep. So I do just want to preface with that, that when we do physical activity, it does it does revive our energy and we do feel really energized and focused, which is why working out is an awesome thing to do, but you just do not want to do it too late at night because then you're overstimulated and you got to wind down. So in general, as early in the day as you can get in your your physical fitness is ideal. But again, if right after work works for you, that still would hopefully leave a few hours for you to wind down into the night and help you to, to feel tired enough to really hit that pillow and fall right to sleep. And again, I it's like everything else, we beat ourselves up so often when we're not, it's not going the way we want it to, or we're not doing it perfectly. And this is something that can be really challenging for a lot of people. So I don't want to minimize that. And obviously at certain points in our lives, it's you know more challenging than others. If you have a newborn and young kids, it can be of course more challenging. So you know, there's obviously caveats to all of this, but for the most part, it's just deciding that we want to make it a priority and understanding how interconnected everything is. So for some people, you might be like, I'm not feeling great these days. I'm exhausted. I'm unfocused. I'm bloated. I'm inflamed, blah, blah, blah. And you need somewhere to start. If you can start with deciding to go to sleep earlier and getting a full eight hours, which that's seven to nine hours is what is recommended for people over 18. If that is a choice that you can make instead of, you know, maybe you're someone who would just stay up watching TV forever or would decide they wanted to work into the night. If you have the ability to choose sleep, that is a great place to start because as we've talked about, there's so many downstream impacts to not getting that good night's sleep. But maybe you're like, Nicole, I would love to sleep eight hours, but it's it's very challenging and I've already tried a lot of these things that you've already spoken about and that's when really focusing on nutrition might be the best way to go or really focusing on getting a fitness routine that feels good for you because all of these things are so interconnected and when you start to get one more dialed in, the other stuff just starts to fall into place. So again, don't beat yourself up understand that this is important and how can you pick some way to start to improve your pattern here if you're feeling like it hasn't been going well for you. And of course, I'm always here if you ever need any support. I offer my one-on-one coaching program and I offer a free one-on-one consultation. Again, completely free, no obligation to sign up. Even if you just want to chat about sleeping, I'm happy to do that. I'm all yours for 50 minutes. I will leave the information for that in the show notes. And again, even if you're just curious about what coaching is like or if it might be right for you, there's really nothing to lose from just booking some time and chatting. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Any questions, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at the.detox.diaries. And I will see you on the next one. Bye.